Hello and welcome to another week on the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite podcast about self-hating vampires and the dumbass teens who love them. My name's Claire, and I'm joined by my esteemed co-host Beth. What up? We're here to talk about episode 20. That's right, we're in the 20s now. Uh, Blood Brothers. And that is quite a pun. It is. This episode was bananas. It was the best one yet. It went by really fast, and so much happened, per usual. And it was mostly about brothers and how blood has shaped their lives. Oh, how symbolic. It was not about the band Blood Brothers. No, I didn't know that was a band. I I only know Rose, who you may recall from two episodes ago. Yes, Christian Rose. (laughs) Christian Rose. She was a big Blood Brothers fan in Uh the day. I see. Anyway, uh, you might recall last week, Stefan got verbained by his lady and thrown in the dungeon. And he hasn't had anything to drink for a while, so he's having these crazy, like, verbane, hunger, flashback hallucinations. Yeah, it was very intense. And in the cold open here, I couldn't tell if his memories were real or if they were just, like, fever dreams that weren't actually happening. But it was intense. Apparently, when you're stabbed with a verbane dart and deprived of blood, you have very specific flashbacks all happening in 1864. That is a vampire rule. Yes, it is. I think it's also a rule that everybody's memories go back to only the year 1864 (laughs) and none of the surrounding years whatsoever. I remember. Why don't we get a flashback to the 80s like every once in a while? I know, right? Did we get a flashback to the 50s or was that just the 50s dance? That was just the 50s dance. Damn it. Stefan talked a little bit about the 50s. Oh, that's right. And McCarthyism or whatever. Quit bragging, Stefan. (laughs) But he has some issues around uh, certain events in 1864 that are really, like, at the forefront of his mind this week. So the flashbacks start with him and Damon, like, hiding in the bushes the night that Catherine got taken away because she drank Stefan's rubied blood. And they, like, see... Jonathan Gilbert and other townsfolk like throwing this guy into what, what would you call it? A paddy wagon? Yeah, like an old-timey paddy wagon that's being drawn by a horse. Yeah, and they're like, Catherine must be in there. And, and they were putting those creepy muzzles on people. Yeah, which, like the Hannah Lecter masks. Oh, yeah, those are creepy. Yeah, and they have this like cool bro plan where Stefan's going to distract everybody. So he just like pops out of the bushes and is like, Hey guys, over here, I found another one. And all of them, every single one, abandons the cart (laughs) and goes chasing after Stefan so Damon can uh, somehow pick the lock. I don't know. And he pulls Catherine out, leaves everybody else in there, just gets Catherine and starts like taking off her muzzle and unbinding her wrists. And you think they're going to get away with this crazy plan. Which, as you pointed out, if you were, like, in a hurry, in a life-or-death situation, you would just pick up this lady and start running. You would not untie her wrists. Yeah, she weighs, like, 90 pounds. Just fire, like, throw her over your shoulder and run into the woods and, like, unbind her later. She understands. Hashtag unbind her later. (laughs) 
<laughs> Wait, did you call it a cool bro pleb when you started describing this scene? I don't know. That was like 10 seconds ago. <laughs> I know, but I really enjoyed it. I was waiting for the right moment to bring it up. <laughs> it was a cool bro plan, if not that well thought out, because unfortunately, while they're trying to untie Catherine's hands, somebody just whips out a musket and shoots Damon and then shoots Stefan both right in the chest. Yeah. The first, Damon gets shot first and Stefan, like kneels above his body and is like caressing his face and I remember why people ship them even though it's gross and wrong yeah the show gives them too much to work with I don't like it I don't approve I feel like some of that has to be intentional from the show right I don't know it's weird I don't I don't understand yeah I don't know like I love my siblings dearly and if one of them got shot, I would, like, turn into the Hulk. But I would not caress their face like a lover. <laughs> yes, speak the truth. This scene reminded me, like, I understand having flashbacks to, like, times when your siblings were in trouble kind of deal. There's this one memory that I have. And sometimes when I have a fever, I'll have this dream of what happened. And it's crazy. So Whoa. we lived in a condo and we lived at like the bottom of a hill like the parking lot was a bit of a hill so I was like sitting on the front porch and my sister was like running towards me and she must have been four and I was like six and she just fell and legit skidded her teeth <laughs> off of the pavement and she was crying so hard and like I felt so bad at the time and this memory is just like cemented in my mind oh my God. so that's what it kind of reminded me of when Stefan was having this flashback in like a fever dream because it actually happens to me like when I get sick I have these really weird recurring nightmares about like horrible things that have happened that's disturbing totally normal right right (laughs) (laughs) something similar happened to my brother uh but I don't have nightmares about it it just makes me laugh (laughs) I don't I must have been there the most appropriate reaction I was too young to really remember it but I've heard the story we were at like a theme park or something and Tom was running through the parking lot, and she he he really wanted to tell our mom something. He was running, he's like, "Mom, mom!" And he was so excited. And then he just fell and face planted on the pavement, and his face was like scraped the fuck up. Oh he had like a huge God. stab on his face. No, Tom. I hope my mom's not listening to this episode because she would be weeping. Oh. But I think it's funny. Because he was fine. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. have any permanent scars that I am aware of. Just got a little face scrape. And I can picture, like, us. baby Tom. Tom, I hope you're listening to me reminisce and that I'm telling this story and that you pooping your pants in the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're two minutes into the episode, if that. But seven minutes into this episode. <laughs> That's how you know this is going to be a good episode. <laughs> So they wrap up this thing, like, Stefan's high as fuck or something, and he keeps on flashing between his current state in the dungeon and him lying on the ground, slowly dying of a gunshot wound. And he and Catherine, 1864, are gazing at each other, and she says, I love you, Stefan. And Elena is gazing into his cell and says, I love you, Stefan. And he's all confused because they're identical and it's weird. Yeah, their faces are, like, switching back and forth, and it's, yeah, it's very weird. That's why I didn't know if it was real or not, like, if he thought that it was, like, Elena, or he thought it was Catherine because Elena was there or something. Yeah. And in the memory, they 
throw Catherine back in the paddy wagon and she stares out through the barred window and gazes lovingly at Stefan while Damon just lies there dead. <laughs> and then, uh, then yeah. it's, you know, the title card. <laughs> yep. So then after we get the title card, we check in on Elena and Damon in the present day. So they're pretty much just standing outside of Damon's, or no, Stefan's, <laughs> oh my God, of Stefan's jail cell, looking in on him and talking about him. Like, is he going to be okay? And Damon's like, yeah, he'll be fine. He just needs to eat something. And he tries to give him a bottle of animal blood to drink, and he's refusing to drink it. So he just kind of continues on these fever dreams. The next time um, he kind of flashes back, he's in a quarry just north of the town. Um, He wakes up in his blood-stained shirt the next day and kind of has no idea what's going on. So he's looking around and he sees Emily and asks her, where am I? Um, And Emily says that her brother and her had just found Stefan and Damon back in the, uh, dead in the woods. Yeah, so they dragged them to this quarry and gave them their goddess rings, which Catherine had like commissioned previously because she already had the plan to you know turn them both and be a creepy incestuous triad but emily gives him the ring and is like oh so you know here's the deal Catherine was secretly feeding you blood for weeks and seven's like what i don't get it how could she oh yeah did she do it to damon too because damon's just chilling like over by a pond with no shirt on and (laughs) Uh, Emily's like, oh no, Damon drank it like on purpose. He didn't need to be compelled because he's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Like, the, if you think about it for even like five seconds, like, what the fuck was Damon's deal in 1864? Like, was he some kind of Jeremy Gilbert? He was. Oh my god, he's exactly Jeremy Gilbert because he's like, mm, I love Catherine so much. I don't care. I'll drink her blood. Vamp Damon wants to be turned. Oh my god. By Bloody Katie. (laughs) I can't believe it. I never made that connection before. And now I'm kind of disgusted by every positive thought I've ever had about Damon. I know. I'm like wishing that you didn't bring this up. Because now I'm totally disgusted. Because I have moments where I think Damon is extremely attractive. And now that I know that he's just like a future Jeremy. It's giving me anxiety. Well... Speaking of Ian Somerhalder and you finding him hot, there's an HBO show called Telling Me You Love Me that's, like, all about three couples fucking and going to a sex therapist. Whoa. I watched it because Adam Scott is in it. Whoa. And Ian, whatever his last name is that I can't say. Somerhalder. Somerhalder, yes. He was in it. So if you ever want to see Ian Somerhalder buck-ass naked and simulating sexual relations... Sign me up for you. Okay, next podcast episode, we're (laughs) going to do a break and review that. Wait, is it a show or a movie? It's a show. It's like a mini-series, kind of. Nice. He wears a lot of blush. (laughs) On purpose, or just it's like... Or maybe he just blushes a lot. I don't know. My main memory of him is, one, seeing his dick, and two, (laughs) him having, like, really unnaturally rosy cheeks. Whoa. Was it really his? I think so. Nice. That's good. I don't have... It was not, like, burned into my brain. 
BRB everyone. <laughs> I'll be back in like. You heard it. Six you heard it here first. You can see Ian Somerhalder's dick on Tell Me You Love Me only on HBO. Because it's like a Judd Apatow movie where they come up with an app to like see everybody's private parts. Oh, yeah. Except, Except for dudes. Except with the dudes, yeah. Why are men? Oh, hey, I have like a mental list like of various Ewan McGregor movies where you see his McGregor. <laughs> nice. He really Here, likes showing it off. found McGregor, <laughs> I feel like he already runs it. <laughs> He's really into doing nude scenes. All right, fair. Anyway, I digress. Enough about dicks. There's never enough. Okay, so yeah, they're just chilling at the quarry, having a good time. Um, now they're at the quarry, <laughs> having a great time. So we learn again that Catherine was compelling Stefan to drink her blood. Damon was willingly drinking Catherine's blood so that when they were killed, they could both be turned into vampires for eternity. And as we learned from Vicki Donovan, the last step to turning is you have to drink human blood. Yes. So Damon tells Stefan here that Catherine was burned in the church and carted away and that he saw her, her be dragged into there. So he's kind of lost all hope and he doesn't want to feed because he doesn't want to live for eternity because the only reason he wanted to do it is because of Catherine. Yeah. And Stefan's not really feeling the vampire fantasy either. So right now they're both just kind of planning on dying in this quarry. Yeah. The sh- this is another scene where the lighting is very bright, and yeah. I know that it's partially a dream sequence, and that's why they have it like that, but they look very... They, like, have the pretty filter on again. Yeah. Their faces look very smooth and young. They do. I guess that's probably what they're trying to do. <laughs> they're like, you will look ten years younger. But allegedly... They were frozen at that age. I know. Trapped in adolescent bodies. Since they're trapped in adolescent bodies and supposedly haven't aged, why are they trying to make them look younger? I don't know. The stress of the world? I guess. Can that take a physical toll on a vampire? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Continuity errors. Unfortunately, actors age. (laughs) What? (laughs) Hard as they might try not to. Anyway, uh, in the future, Elena's like folding a pair of pants upstairs at the Seltzers because she's been like camping out there most oh, nights. And I'm like, where is Aunt Jenna? Also, Uncle John is staying at the house, and Elena mentions that she's just avoiding him because she knows about his shenanigans and she already hated him. So. She and Damon have this, like, bantery little conversation. She's like, oh, I was going to stay here tonight if it's not, you know, too much trouble. And Damon's like, oh, it's so much trouble. It's so hard having you around, Elena. <laughs> LOL. And they're being cute, which is weird. I know, it's so weird. Oh, I can't stand it, but I also love Damon, but I hate him. <laughs> I think that's what we're supposed to be feeling right now. Yeah. So speaking of love and hate, uh, at school, Anna runs up to Jeremy, and she's like, guess what? I got his class schedule. I, my, I finally convinced my mom let, to let me go to school here. And da- or Damon. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, because we just discovered he is Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy's like, what? You're coming to school? That's... 
awesome. Oh, he's such a big nerd. And then he's like, uh, why would you go to high school? It blows. And I'm like, there's a Jeremy quote if I ever heard one. And it's like, like sadly, sadly that's, that's the most identifiable Jeremy has ever been because I hated high school so much. I didn't mind it, but I got mono for like six months during <laughs> sophomore year, so I feel like I missed Dad, it. In the who are you mapping on? No, there was like this popular kid. I played the trumpet. There was a popular kid who sat next to me, and he had mono, and then I got mono. Did you share a trumpet? No, but they have a spit valve, so he was like blowing his spit on the floor. And then it probably like wafted into my mouth, oh wafted my into my mouth, and then a I got likely mono. story. A likely story. I wish it was the other thing, please. <laughs> like, oh, I would rather be making out with like the most popular kid in school rather than have his spit blown <laughs> on my shoe, which is pretty much what happened. One, two, spit in your shoe. <laughs> So anyway, they, they start making out in the parking lot because Jeremy finds it really romantic that she would go to high school just to be around him. And I'm like, That's the craziest sentence I've ever heard. I mean, because I hated high school so much, I can like kind of understand why Jeremy thinks it's so wonderful. And I never want to identify with Jeremy. So this is terrible. Let's leave this scene. Okay, good call. What happens next? So we're back at the Salvatore boarding house or manor. I I can't keep them straight. We're back. <laughs> the at manor the- doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> okay, we're back at the Salvatore boarding house, um, and Damon pops down to check in on Stefan, and he's like, "You better drink this vegetarian blood that I got you." And Stefan's all like, "I'm <laughs> sorry. No worries." I hope you are well. Um, <laughs> Stefan's all like, I'm not drinking it. I'm too much of a monster. I'm just going to starve to death like I should have in 1864. Why, why, why? So Damon's all like, oh, he's just brooding. So he goes back upstairs and he gets a phone call from his pal Alaric. Yeah, somehow Damon and Alaric are now on like calling each other terms. Although, Damon's like, how'd you get this number? And Alaric says something sassy, like, it's all around town, or something weird. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't figure out what he said, but I just assumed that it was quippy and funny. Yeah, it didn't make sense, but I also assumed it was quippy and funny, even though I didn't understand what it meant. There were some lines that I did not understand in this episode, and we'll get to the other one later. This was the less horrifying. (laughs) Oh my god, yes, blessed. (laughs) So Alaric's like talking with Damon and he tells him this horribly long drawn out story. About how to say his name? (laughs) No, this is his second long drawn out story. So he's like, I know this guy at Duke, which made me think of that guy who comes back from Duke to throw the party at Mystic Falls every year. What if it's the same guy and he's a vampire and he just never ages? Whoa. Whoa. That's That's what the originals is about. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So Alaric's like, I know this guy at Duke, and I've been checking out, you know, our pal Uncle John, who's been creeping around the Founders Council, and just He was a criminologist. Is that what it was? I just wrote that he checked out Uncle John, but didn't write down any of the results. Yeah. Yeah. So Alaric found out from his friend Duke, the original vampire, (laughs) that there's a number that... John was getting calls from her calling 
that ended up being the same when Elena called and talked to Isabel, but that number went away, and now there's a new number, and he tracked it to an address. Ah. And uh, Alaric and Damon decide that they're going to go on a bro trip over to this address and see if their uh, shared lover, (laughs) Isabel, is there. Bro trip, not to be confused with cool bro plan. I just feel the need to say the word bro a lot today, (laughs) I guess. And uh, Elena is getting ready to go over there for the night. Um, And she's talking on the phone to Damon. He's like, oh yeah, you know, I have to go out somewhere, so if you can get over here ASAP. And she's like... What kind of blood is Stefan's favorite? Like, what kind of animal does he prefer? Oh my god, I know. And they banter flirtily again. Like, Dave's like, ew, that's so gross, Elena. And then, like, he loves golden retriever puppy blood. And then Elena just hangs up on him. Yeah. It was kind of cute. And then immediately terrifying, because <laughs> she hangs up and closes her closet door. <laughs> Uncle John is just standing there. Yes, and then Elena quotes the masterpiece movie The Room and says, Uncle John, I didn't see you there. Yeah, no shakes. I did not see you there. I did not see you there. No shakes. He just appeared out of nowhere. He was creeping like a creep. And he asks Elena, how would your mother feel if I told you her secret, that you're dating a vampire? Dun, dun, dun. So he knows. Yeah, he's He's like, like, let's, you know, call a spade a spade here. Like, you know. And it's dumb that you're hiding it from me. Your mom would be ashamed of you, you slut. And <laughs> Alina's like, which mom? Burn! Oh, yeah, burn Uncle John. Get out of here. Yeah. And so, so she, she just leaves. <laughs> and Uncle, Uncle John's like, like, oh, that was a good one, Alina. Yeah, he's looking a little sad. Whatever, I don't care. So I think then we hop back to another um, 1864 flashback because all I have written down here is shirtless bros. I wrote shirtless pond party. <laughs> Perfect. Shirtless bro pond party. That's going to be like the invitation name of my next party. Yes. Can we go to a quarry? Yeah. That one that like you pass by if you take the Union Pacific Northwest line or West line, whichever one goes to... Geneva. Oh, that sounds fancy. I don't know. There's a quarry. Anyway, that's really interesting for people who don't live in Chicago and (laughs) occasionally go to the suburbs. Uh, Yeah, so now Stefan joins Damon by the pond and strips off his shirt, and we realize that they're washing the blood off their shirts in the water. I'm like, you're going to need more than just pond water. I didn't realize that they were doing anything besides sitting there without their shirts on. There's one point in one of these scenes where they're shirtless by the lake where Damon's like starting to put his shirt back on and it's clearly like a fresh out of the package like button down <laughs> pinstripe like LL Bean shirt <laughs> that has never been wet before. So that was good. But yeah, you're going to need to at least use the enzymes of your own spit to get those stains out, guys. And there's bullet holes in <laughs> them. Yeah. Why are you bothering? But they talk a little bit more about, you know, whether they want to turn. Uh, and that transitions back to Stefan in the dungeon, and Elena's there. And he's like, I'm not going to drink. And she's like, you'll die. And he's like, that's what I want. 
I can't live anymore. My pain. Nobody understands my pain. So emo. Stefan couldn't stop listening to Dashboard Confessional down in the <laughs> down in the jail cell. Yeah, he can't even like get the Smiths. He has to be Dashboard. No, it's so true. It's like the saddest sad sap you could be. Uh, whereas like if it was Damon, he would at least be listening to the cure. Yeah, exactly. But no, Stefan is a total like dashboard confessional emo kid. Can I confess that in high school, I uh, had a lot of internet friends from the AOL dashboard confessional message board. Oh, nice. What happened was I joined a Blink-182 message board in the brief phase where I loved Blink-182. As one does. And made a bunch of online friends. And then the board was getting un- overrun with actual like Blink-182 fans. So we found out that nobody posted on the dashboard confessional board and we just took it over. <laughs> but none of us really cared about dashboard confessional. I love this. And I finally met one of my friends from the board in real life many years later. He helped my old band Spec Mountain get a show in like a cool club in Boston that he worked. Wow, in. that's so cool. Did yeah. you know it was him or you just ran Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Because we were Facebook friends. That is very cool. Yeah. I have a secret confession that I actually liked Dashboard Confessional when I was I mean, I did like them briefly at the time. Like, I had only heard, like, two of their songs, but I was into it. Yeah. I I had an emo phase in high school. I had an emo phase in that I would write Dashboard Confessional lyrics as my away message. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Away. Oh, my God. Away messages. (laughs) But I remember I wore fake black horn-rimmed glasses Yes, for like a year and now I wear real black horn-rimmed glasses (laughs) you grew up to be you I really wanted cuffed jeans but like all I got were my sister's hand-me-downs and I really was bummed out that I wasn't born in January or February because those were the most emo months Oh. And I was born in the summer, like some kind of normal. Oh, God. Pool parties. The sun. I was born in the last day of February in the dead of winter, just like my soul. Yeah. Beth was born on leap day. So how old are you now? Five? Who knows? (laughs) Honestly, I don't know. I think I'm seven. Whoa. You're so old. Oh, no. Now everyone on the internet knows my birthday and I'm going to get doxxed. (laughs) Yes, you are. And rightly so. <laughs> okay, we probably should talk about the Vampire Diaries oh, at should. some point. We're just really connecting this evening. We really are. I think it's because I'm drinking wine instead of beer. I'm feeling like in a sharing mood. I think it's because we normally hang out on Fridays after mm. the work week has downtrodden us. But today's a Monday, so we only have like... We're only Monday. like slightly dented from work split. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm still... Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed from the weekend. <laughs> okay, so what the fuck was even happening? They were shirtless at the pond. Stefan was suicidal. Uh, Elena was like, fuck that. And then I think we go to the grill. Yes, we haven't been to the Mystic Grill in a hot minute. Unsurprisingly, Matt wasn't working. Where is he? He like I guess he like worked all his shifts on this Mystic Falls week. And now he's on vacation. <laughs> Yeah. I guess now that I think about it, Caroline also wasn't on this episode and neither was Bonnie. No. It was all Salvador all the time. Yeah, there was nobody in this yeah, episode no except for Stefan, Damon, 
Well, I mean, I don't need to name all the characters, but yeah, all of those you know, people were in there. A lot of people were in the opening credits who weren't actually on this episode. Aunt Jenna's name was in the credits. Tyler's name was in the credits. Did they just put everybody, like, they all must. the regular characters? Because they the definitely weren't in this episode. No. We haven't seen Tyler in a hot minute. We haven't seen him since he made out with Julie Cooper, right? Yeah. I, I guess, guess that was only a couple weeks ago. Anyway, this is not interesting. <laughs> so, at the grill, Pearl and Uncle John Gilbert are having a dinner date. And she's Why? like, listen, I know you know who I am, and I just want to know what the fuck you want so you can leave me alone, Gilbert scum. Yeah, and then Uncle John is like, oh, I wanted to invite you to dinner because I know about your history and that you just want to live a quiet life in this town and I want to help you. Also, I want that Gilbert doodad that you have. Yeah, and he wants, yeah, that secret thing that she gave to Damon that nobody knows what it is and it seems not to work. And then Pearl was pretty much like, uh, she was feeling a little hesitant and he's like, what i hear you love the gilberts my ancestor jonathan you want me to turn on that gilbert charm and then i threw up on claire's couch and we had to pause the episode so that we could clean it up yes i had to quickly hire a steam cleaner fuck you uncle john gilbert you suck it was horrible my gilbert and charm that's an oxymoron like those two words next to each other who are the true Gilberts we know? Jonathan, John, and Jeremy. Yeah. Because Elena was adopted and Aunt Jenna, we learned, is some sort of in-law because that's how yes. families work. Indeed. And we haven't met Grayson and Miranda, but apparently Grayson, who was the Gilbert in that couple, uh, stole, stole a baby <laughs> from yeah. a teenage runaway. So, yeah. The Gilberts are not charming, least of all the men, so I don't know what you're talking about, Uncle John. Ugh, fuck you. I'm talking to Uncle John, not you. I thought so, but you could tell me to fuck myself, that's fine. Uh, so yeah, Pearl's like, okay girl, whatever you say. <laughs> and then her daughter is across town, like, in Jeremy's bedroom, like, hanging out. Uh, and she's explaining to him the history of Jonathan Gilbert and Pearl and how he fucked her over even though he kept on like putting his hands on her and Jeremy's like whoa that's weird (laughs) and Anna says one of my favorite quotes of the episode he's a hater Jeremy (laughs) I missed that Oh, I think she says that about Uncle John. Because she says that he wants them dead. And Jeremy's like, I don't think so. And she's like, no, Jeremy, he's a hater. (laughs) As one says, who was born in 1860. And also, that's how we describe people who literally want to kill us. He's just a hater. Hater's gonna hate. (laughs) Yes. Stinker's gonna stink, 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 stink. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Sorry. No, we're blessed by that. So they just, like, suddenly start making out hardcore because, like, Anna says that Jeremy is her weakness. And they start taking off their shirts. And I never wanted to see Jeremy's shirtless. And spoiler alert, this is not the last time. Claire. I know. I thought you wanted me to continue doing this podcast. I just feel like you. you need to be prepared. I do. Ew, and then he slid his greasy paw down Anna's side, and then we had to watch it five times. Because 
Jeremy said something so horrifying that I even I could not believe that he would say it. So I had to be sure that what he did was look toward the open door of his bedroom and say, I want Jenna to walk in on us. Yeah, what the fuck? We had to rewind it at least four times to listen to it because we're like, there's no way he's saying that he wants Aunt Jenna because what creep wants their aunt to walk in on them and their girlfriend? I don't know. I feel like the line had to be, don't want Jenna to walk in on us, but that's not what he said. No, he, he maybe said, like, I don't want Jenna to walk in on us, or, like, he, like, rolled it into a single word, maybe. Because he has a stupid voice where he, like, is all breathy and mumbly and sounds like his voice hasn't actually broken yet, and he's pretending it has, like, Peter Brady or something. Oh, God. And he is Peter Brady. <laughs> I don't know. It's really gross. I don't understand, and I refuse to accept that it happened. It was so gross. Since we watched it five times, I'll never get the image of him sliding his greasy hand down Anna's beautiful side. Where she's wearing, like, lacy lingerie, as all teen girls do. (laughs) Yeah. Under her, like, leather jacket and t-shirt. Right? So So they're they're fucking fucking now. It was bound to happen. It's gross. I don't want to harp on bad things, but I just need to bring up the other thing that Uncle John did at the grill. Oh, no. Oh, God. Yeah, so, like, him and Pearl were chatting, and he, like, made his comment about how he's a Gilbert, and he knows that Pearl and Jonathan had a history. So he was telling Pearl that he's read all of Jonathan's diary entries, and that... At the end of Jonathan Gilbert's life, he was writing about how much he regretted turning Pearl in and about how it was his biggest mistake and that he was, that she was the love of his life and so on and so on. And Pearl kind of gets an emotional look on her face like, oh my God, like that's kind of touching. And then Uncle John looks at her and just starts laughing and he's like, you vampires are so emotional. Jonathan Gilbert never said that about you. He could care less about you and wished that you were dead. His biggest regret was not staking you himself. Oh my god, Uncle John, you the worst. I'm like, are you sure you didn't just misread his diary where he was using some kind of euphemism about staking her, if you know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. I'm getting what you're putting down. into her dark place, as uh, Buffet the Vampire Lair would say. Oh, from the episode of Friends where they find out that Ursula is a porn star using Phoebe's name. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> so, yeah, Uncle John Gilbert is the fucking worst. And it's like a constant competition on the show for who is the worst. But he's really, like, putting his name at the top of the scoreboard. Yeah. I feel like he's surpassing Jeremy in my hatred I wouldn't go that far, but he's definitely, like, out-douching Logan Fell right now. Oh, my God. Rest in pieces. (laughs) So, that's a horrible situation that I hate. Uh, But then we move on to the romantic vacation between Alaric and Damon to the random house where they think Isabel might be. And Damon's like, I don't know if I'll be able to get in. Here are some facts about vampires entering homes. If there's a permanent resident, then blah, blah, blah. Short-term rentals and by-the-hour hotels are a bit of a mixed bag. You gotta play it by ear. I'm like, why? Why is this happening? 
I was like, I already know this. I am a vampire expert at this point. I don't need a reminder about coming into the house uninvited. I'm kind of like, is Damon trying to suggest something by bringing up, like, by-the-hour motels to Lark right now? Probably. I, like, truly don't understand the point of this whole scene. Because I feel like it doesn't move the plot in any way. It's really weird. Well, it kind of reveals some stuff about Fungal John. Because they go in and they don't see anybody around, but Damon, or no, Alaric opens the fridge and sees some blood Capri Suns. He's like, we've got company. And then this vampire youth pops out and tries to attack Alaric, but Alaric has some kind of like spiked brass knuckles on that he like stabs him with. Yeah. Because of course he does. Is he going to use those on Isabel? I wouldn't be surprised. And so it turns out this is one of the tomb vampires, but he has this, like, his haircut reminds me of the little brother from Bring It On. Yes, that's the It's like the haircut. exact haircut, right? Yeah, and it reminds me, I don't know why I keep talking about the room, but like, the <laughs> underwears guy from the room. What? Remember when... It's oh like god it's like I, don't I haven't watched that in so long yeah yes i know who you mean oh it looked just like him uh. but yeah he's been out of the tomb he moved out of town after the whole massacre thing and he's just living in this condo or whatever with what he thinks is a modern haircut but it's really like a 90s haircut yeah someone punked him when he went to the barber yeah and he's just like Oh, well, I'm just living here, and Uncle John Gilbert has been helping me adjust to modern life. It's so confusing. There's so much stuff. Cars, computers, Match.com. Separating my whites. Like, he lists, like, the most oddest things about modern culture. And, like, he's doing some laundry, trying to get dates. Like, like... He seems like a pretty normal dude, but a vampire. He's trying to, like, just live a life. But then Alaric and Damon just straight up murder him for no reason. Yeah, that was kind of out of nowhere. And apparently Alaric like, was going in there trying not to murder anybody, but they yeah. just had to do it. It's like this guy wasn't hurting anybody. He was being played by Uncle John, which is unfortunate, but it's not his fault. Yeah, and, and this guy was even saying, like, you know, I'm cool. I'm trying to adjust to modern society after I get out of the tomb. But those tomb boys, they want revenge. Yeah, and but then like Uncle John calls and Damon's like, oh, I'll answer, and he just steals the phone, and it's like because Uncle John called while they were there, he had to die. It doesn't make any sense. Like if you accept that there can be vampires that are like three dimensional characters who we can sympathize with, then how come this guy can't be one of them? He was totally fine. I'm really mad. I don't even know what his name was. I never thought about this character so much before. His name was Henry, damn it. Oh my god, it was Henry! I'll remember this guy's name for the next year, but not... R.I.P. Henry, I hope you're dancing with Brooke and Darren in heaven, or whatever their names were. (laughs) It was Brooke and Darren. (laughs) So, that was stupid, and I hated it. Yeah, I guess you're right. It does, like, show that Uncle John is more of an antagonist for Olaric and Damon. But aside from that, it doesn't... Oh, and they know that Isabel isn't at the apartment. Yeah. 
that obviously, like, there's some kind of larger scheme happening with Uncle John. If he's taking, he's like keeping in touch with two vampires who are out of town. He's got his finger in a lot of pies. He sure does. And he needs to keep his hands to himself. Preach. That, that's what you do with the metaphor. <laughs> you just take it that one step further. Yes, it makes it more real. <laughs> and then I think we have another flashback. It is like an intense one. Oh, shit. You're right. So we've wrapped things up at the Mystic Grill. We've wrapped things up at Henry's apartment. So we hop back over to um, Stefan, who's kind of tripping in the jail cell still. So this is where shit gets real. So he kind of flashes back to him walking around outside of his childhood home. And he could hear his dad inside talking about kind of writing down the recent history of the vampires and this burning of the church. And he tells the scribe, I guess. It's Jonathan Gilbert. Oh, that was Jonathan Gilbert? Yeah. All right. So he tells King Douche Jonathan to write down that Stefan and Damon were in the church so that history didn't know that they were killed protecting vampires or whatever yeah he's like they'll be remembered as innocent victims of this battle and not for their shame oh god it's like fuck you giuseppe but Stefan kind of creeps up and he goes into the study after jonathan gilbert leaves and giuseppe is like what the fuck you're a vampire and Stefan's like no i'm not not yet and i just came here to say goodbye because i'm gonna die which you know, is I'm so sweet. Turn. I was like, I'm like your dad's an asshole. Yeah. Like, just like go and die in the forest with your brother. He actually loves you. But yeah, he's like, I, I just wanted to say goodbye before I die. Like, I'm not gonna become one of them. It's fine. And she's like, he just like goes through the roof. He's like, damn straight, you're not gonna. And he just like breaks a pool cue over his knee and is gonna stake Stefan. And Stefan's like, hold up. Like, chill. I just wanted to say an emotional emotional goodbye to my dad. But then he comes at him, so Stefan just instinctively throws him across the room with his newfound pre-vampire strength. Yeah. And somehow in the process, Giuseppe ends up, like, getting staked by his own stake. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, at this point, this guy has half a pool stick in his belly. And he starts bleeding, and Stefan just gets this, like, look on his face once he smells the blood. And he, like, reaches down towards it and gets, like, a little on his hand. And then he starts licking his fingers. <laughs> and then he's, and like... And he does it really sensually. Yeah. It's, like, very bizarre and super dark. So, like, after he's, like, licking his fingers, he goes in and, like, just starts, like, feeding on his own dad. It's like his dad fucking deserves it, but it was also creepy. It was it was super creepy because I feel like so much of feeding is like a very like very sexual in nature. Yeah, and it's his dad. It's his dad. I mean, his dad is a giant dickwad, so he deserves everything he has coming to him. But oh yeah, and he like says in his final moments like that he was the one who shot them. Oh sure, yeah. How did we forget to bring this up? He said that he was the one who killed his own sons. Yeah, because he was so ashamed of them and their, you know, inability to keep it in their pants or whatever. 
So, yeah, he killed his own sons, and it, in turnabout spare play, Stefan is now killing him, and he's a vampire. He gets his very first boner face. Yep. And it's like, if, I wish I had an album, a later scrapbook, like, baby's first boner face. <laughs> yeah, like the vampire transition <laughs> scrapbook. Yeah. So, we go back to modern Stefan in the dungeon, and Elena is visiting again and she's like what up dude you gotta eat he's like the ravine's out of my system i could crash through this door and kill you right now i'm so scary sitting here wanting to die she's like that's dumb i'm coming in yeah she doesn't give a shit like about his threats whatsoever which you know is kind of stupid but also not because he's obviously just like hating himself and wants to die, so what is he gonna do? He tries to like be scary and bone her faces at her and yells, like, get out of here, Lena! And she just stands there, like, you spat on me, dude. Yeah, Elena's not dealing with his bullshit, which was kind of good to see. But also, I was like a little worried. I was like, will this guy flip? But and this is the episode where Elena dies. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. But she's like, listen, dude, here's your ring. I think you're ready to come upstairs and talk about this. And he's like, I don't think so. So she goes upstairs and leaves the ring with him for him to think about his future. And also thinking about his future is Alaric, who... <laughs> I forget what leads up to this, but, like, Damon says something and Alaric just, like, heartily chortles. Like, it's the funniest thing he's ever heard. Oh, yeah, so because they're still at Henry's after killing this poor dude, and they're just kind of relaxing and thinking back on the day and saying, like, oh, well, we weren't planning on killing anybody, but, you know, shit happens. Also, Damon was like, what did you expect, that we were just going to walk in here and Isabel was going to be smoking a cigar in her slippers? (laughs) And then Alaric has, like, a good laugh, and they kind of bond over the absurdity of that but then Alaric gets all glum and he's like, I'm done. Like, I've been chasing after her for two years and that's long enough. And Damon's like, girl, I've been chasing after Catherine 1864 for almost 150 years. Like, slow down. Yeah, and he's like, maybe I'll stop at 200. And I just felt so bad. I was like, that is such a long time. And it's like, you kind of realize that Damon and Alaric have a lot in common because they both were in love with women who either were vampires or decided to become vampires mm-hmm. who then just abandoned them and had and like made their lovers think that they were dead and just went off and lived their lives not caring so you oh, can kind of see why they're starting to bond a little bit even though initially they wanted to kill each other or as i said in an earlier conversation when alaric was asking if he wanted to go on the trip with him Damon was like, you tried to kill me. And Laura's like, you did kill me. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. And I was like, this is why I love this show, because that's like just a normal, like, calm conversation that two characters could have that's 100% factual, but also like water under the bridge. So true. I Only on the Vampire Diaries. That's why it's the best show. But anyway, they're like kind of bunnying up, but Alaric's like, I'm done with the whole vampire thing. I'm out. Yeah, he's like, I'm done looking. I'm not going to let this rule my life anymore. And this is the last we see of him. (laughs) (laughs) LOL. So now that we've checked in on Rick, who 
I don't understand the nicknames that just come out of nowhere. Like, for the first five episodes that people are in, their their full name, a.k.a. Jeremy, a.k.a. Alaric, and now we've got Jer and Rick. I hate that they call him Rick. Because Rick is just such, like, a crappy name. It's like, who wants to be called Rick? Like, Alaric is a weird name. But even, like, Larry would... Well, no, Larry wouldn't be bad. <laughs> no, Larry is not better than Rick. But just call yourself Alaric or, like, go by your middle name. Like, Rick is not an upgrade. Well, you would think that with all the time he spent explaining about what his name was, he would want to go by his first name. It's like, do you spell it R-I-C or R-I-C-K? Oh, it would definitely be an R-I-C for Alaric. Ugh, it would just be, like, Liz Lemon's um, boyfriend, Chris, C-R-I-S. Chris Cross. Chris Cross. Yes. So, he's out of the game, whatever. Then we go back to uh, Anna and Pearl, I think. Oh my goodness, yes. So, Anna's coming home because she is, like, all happy that she's been hanging out with Jeremy. and he she was, like, just got laid spring and stuff. Yeah. So, Pearl is pretty much like, all right, Anna, it's time for us to leave this place. It's not safe. Too many people know our secrets. Because, again, she had just got back from the dinner from hell with uh, Uncle John Gilbert. Yeah. And Anna was, like, really upset, and she lets her know that she wants to stay and that this is their home. So Pearl is just kind of like, oh, this is about Jeremy Gilbert, isn't it? But... Anna's like, no, I just want to finally, like, build a life for myself instead of floating around waiting for the damn comet so I can resurrect you from the tomb. Jeez, Mom. Yeah, Stop harshing my buzz. But then I'm like, you don't need permission to stay here, Anna. You are 200-plus years old. Like, I know you're really happy to have your mom back, but you can, like, visit each other like you can live here by yourself it's okay that's what i was thinking too i'm like we live in the era of like modern airfare it's not hard to like <laughs> and you can zoom like, and you can zoom so like you could get anywhere probably in half the time yeah it's stupid and convoluted but they're disagreeing with each other but anna is like this very filial young woman and she like does what her mom says so she goes in like breaks into Jeremy's bedroom and just, like, lies there staring at him while he sleeps until he finally, like, wakes up and is like, oh, hey, Anna, what's up? And she, like, briefly, like, touches his face and he's like, that feels good. Uh, and then she, like, thinks that it's so sweet and it's like, he, she barely touched you, Jeremy, calm down. Yeah, and then he just falls back to sleep and she says goodbye and kisses him and zooms out the window. Which is ridiculous because you would never fall asleep back asleep that fast. I know! Ever. Like, what kind of superpower do you have that you can just fall asleep at will? I would love to be able to do that. I mean, I could fall asleep at will, but if somebody's what? Like in my... Oh, yeah. I could fall asleep right now. Oh, my God. Teach me. Okay. You just have to, like, not think of anything. And That's then... impossible. Okay. So, <laughs> the other way that you could do it is just think about all the shit that you have to do and you get so stressed. You're like, there's no way I could ever do it all. And then you go to sleep. That's not how I react to those kinds. It's of called a stress nap. Wow. I envy you. Yeah, I fell asleep during the movie Three Hundred, which my ex boyfriend made me go see. I mean, that's understandable. I know, but it was so loud. Like I don't know. I actually fell asleep during it. It was horrible. Ugh. 
Yeah, so Anna's <laughs> saying goodbye to Jeremy. Jeremy fell back asleep and didn't notice she left. So whatever. Bye, girl. Yeah. It's time for another very dramatic flashback. Uh, it's framed by Damon coming home from his trip with Alaric and Elena's there kind of freaking out about Stefan being suicidal. And she's like, Damon, you don't help with you're always trying to make him miserable. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, hold up. You don't know the whole story, sis. Yeah. Why don't you ask Stefan about the happy ending to his current flashbacks? Uh, I know. And this is where it gets real because I feel like up until this point, almost we've gotten only Stefan's side of the story because he's like the main character and we yeah. see his relationship with Elena. Um so pretty much we find out that, well, let's just go to the flashback so yeah. that I don't... This is Damon's flashback here. now. Yeah, so this is Damon's flashback. He's like sitting in some kind of gazebo waiting for his imminent death because he hasn't fed on anyone yet. So Stefan comes trotting in after feeding on his dad and he's like, dude, I feel amazing. The guilt, the sadness, you just shut it down. My body is exploding with power. Oh, yeah, he says that. So he's pretty much just, like, bragging about how great he feels now that he's fed. And he's like, I brought you a present. And it's a young woman who's just kind of standing there with, like, a blank look on her face, which seems to be an actor from The Vampire Diary. Or, oh, my gosh. <laughs> she is an actor from The Vampire Diary. Pretty Little Liars. Yes, I am convinced that this young lady who has no lines is played by Troyan Belsario, uh, Spencer from Pretty Little Liars, uh, a show that I watched four seasons of, even though I hated it the entire time. <laughs> I watched many a stupid show, but that show was too stupid for me. But Spencer is my favorite character because she's the stupidest. Oh, nice. But anyway, I'm pretty sure it's Spencer. I could not determine one way or the other on the internet, but if anybody out there knows, please tell me because it's going to bug me. She has a very distinctive face, so I feel like it has to be her. Yeah, I agree with you, even though I've never seen the show, but I trust you. (laughs) Don't watch it. It's terrible. Uh, so yeah, she is there just to be a blood offering, and Damon's like, no, fuck you, I'm not gonna drink from this poor, like, young lady in her nice dress, I'm gonna just die, and you shouldn't have drank dad's blood, or whatever, I don't remember if he knows that part. Yeah, I don't think he knows, because I feel like they would've, like, made it, like, a bigger topic. Yeah. Maybe that comes up later, because I'd be kind of pissed, even if I was a vampire and my parents sucked. I mean, if I had found out that my dad killed me and my brother killed my dad, I would be like, thanks, brother. Oh, yeah, that's right. I keep forgetting about the killing part. <laughs> Legit. But Stefan is just getting all up in Damon's face and, like, grasping him by the, like, scruff of his neck and being, again, very sensual with his family. And he's just like, we're going to be brothers forever. We're going to see the world and be strong vampire dudes. It's going to be amazing. And then he bites Spencer's neck and Damon like smells the blood and stares at it. And he can't help himself. He drinks. Yeah. And like at first he takes like a tentative like sip and then he just like, I don't know. It's like something clicks in him and he just like goes in like full force. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's all she wrote. They're both vampires now, and for Stefan it was a choice. For Damon it was fucking peer pressure. 
Yeah, this was pretty heavy because you think of Stefan as like the good brother, right? Like well, he thinks last so episode. He's the good brother. Yeah, and like week. we've been fooled into thinking that too based on their current behavior, but I liked this because it kind of exposed us to a different side of both of them. Yeah, and in in the present, Damon's like, you know, the moment that he drank human blood, he was a different person. Like, he went a little crazy, and it was fucked up. And, uh, like, the day after they both turn, Damon comes up to Seth and is like, you're right, I feel all crazy and different, and we're going to be brothers for eternity, and I'm going to make your life a living hell for doing this to me. Oh, yeah. So... It's like a callback to the first episode when Damon first showed up. And he's like, I promised you an eternity of misery. And we thought it was because of Catherine, but it was actually because of this. Oh, I missed that callback. Nice. Yeah. But, I don't, well, no, that doesn't happen till later. Sorry. I was going to spoil it or something. <laughs> but uh, Elena's like, well, this is fucked up. I need to go talk to Stefan about this now. But womp womp, Stefan's gone, and he left his ring behind. And we know that when a vampire doesn't have his ring, he can go out into the night, but as soon as that sun pops up, he's gonna sizzle like a Denny's breakfast sandwich. (laughs) And I haven't talked about Buffy in a while, but this is, like, almost identical to the episode Amends, where... Angel is having flashbacks of when he was in a murderous, angelus phase and, like, ate a whole family and killed his best friend. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And he's, like, getting all these visions because, like, the devil is impersonating hallucinations of his old dead friends. And he decides that he's going to go out in the sunlight. And he doesn't even have a god-ass ring, so he can't go out in the light period oh but then Buffy comes and finds him and gives a heartfelt plea about how he's been for more blah 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 and it's the only Christmas episode of Buffy and I hate it because I don't care about Angel at all and I found him find him super boring but Rose loves Angel so she loves that episode and we will never agree and it's why we don't speak anymore oh that's so sad I thought that you guys would really maintain that sibling relationship but I understand but yes, as you know, we talked about with Rose a couple weeks ago, Stefan is basically Angel. He's like a little bit Edward Cullen and a lot Angel. Gotcha. So if you ever watch Buffy, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I they feel even like kind I'm of have watch like the same look. seven years after we're done watching Vampire <laughs> Diaries. Yes. Uh, so I think then we see Stefan is back at the quarry, like where he was born as a vampire. Yeah, so he goes back to the quarry north of town, and Elena knows that she can find him there because he left his gaudy ass ring in the house, and she just learned all of the origin story from Damon, and that's where everything went down. And Stefan is, like, about to pass out from hunger, but he has one last flashback of Emily Bennett, like, coming up to him. Oh, yeah, that's right. So Emily Bennett is just kind of giving him some truth bombs. He was kind of telling her, like, I feel great now that I'm a vampire. And she's like, you may think that now, but you are cursed for eternity. (laughs) She says it's because he has a good and pure heart and that that's going to be his curse. So, like, he has this bloodlust, but he's going to feel real guilty about everything he does, which we see is happening now because he's going to try to kill himself. 
Yeah, just, just like, like Edward Cullen in Tw- the Twilight Saga, New Moon. Yes, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stefan's, like, thinking back on that, and then Elena comes in, and he's just kind of like, I'm done. I feel too guilty. I can't deal with this anymore. It hurts. Yeah, it hurts. Every day I hurt, and every day I wake up just lusting for blood and hurting because I don't give myself to it. And I'm scared that one day that... The police are going to come. <laughs> the police are going to come, and then interrupt my podcast and it'll be terrible (laughs) no but in all seriousness he's worried that he is just going to cave into the cravings one day and that he could potentially hurt elena and elena's like dude no like you're good you're not gonna do that i love you blah 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 and a big crux of this thing is that like if he gives into the bloodlust he can also switch off his emotions so he doesn't feel guilty about it and this is going to become like a recurring thing that they talk about on this show that vampires can like flip a switch where they don't give a shit about anything and they can just murder all over town and not care. Oh. But if they like flip the switch the other way, they like feel human emotions. So interesting. I'm like, that kind of sounds like bullshit, but I also feel like I kind of do that in my life. <laughs> Sometimes you have to like. Sometimes I don't want to feel the feelings, so I just turn it off. But, yes, that is the first time we really hear about the switch, but it's going to come back. But Elena's like, you know, she drops this, like, big bomb about the night her parents died, that the whole reason that they were on Rickery Bridge in the first place is that she blew off family night to go to a party, and then she got stranded by her friends, and her parents had to come pick her up, and that's why they died. And, like, she could choose to feel guilty about it forever, or she could just move on with her life, and that's the same choice Stephanie needs to make. Yeah, that's right. She's like, our events send things into motion, but the way that we deal with them is what's important. So that was a big truth bomb and kind of explained some of Elena's, like, residual guilt about her parents' death, but also, like, the fact that she's dealing with it, and she's trying to get Stefan to do the same and so she like leaves him with his ring and starts to walk away but then it, within two seconds sounds like Elena he puts the ring back on his middle finger I noticed Oh. and he like goes up and kisses her and like sobs in her arms and he's not going to die today unfortunately and then the most unfortunate thing happens oh no yes so we hop over to pearl's house where her and harper are packing up and she's like you know harper you've been a really great friend but you don't have to come with me and he's like miss pearl you're my bff on like in 1864 i was just a stranded soldier and you took me in so i'm coming with you so they have this nice moment and pearl's like here let me help you with these bags and she goes to the front door, and we don't see who does it at first. But she just gets staked right through the chest. Through the bosom. Yeah. And it's, like, so fast and, like, casual and random that at first I was like, wait, what? Because, like, I had it in my mind that that didn't happen in this episode. So I was like, hold up. But, yeah, she is dead seas. She got to live for, like, two weeks in modern times. I'm, like, super bummed because Pearl was one of my favorite characters. It really is a bummer. I liked Pearl. And even though she was too strict with Anna, 
I feel like she could have been a good presence continuing on the show. Yeah, I think so too. So RIP girl, another one bites the dust. Yeah. So now that Pearl is dead is a doorknob. We hop back over to Stefan and Elena. They get back to the Salvatore um, boarding house and Damon is kind of sitting in front of the fire drinking another scotch or bourbon or whatever. I feel like he's gone through like three handles today. Oh yeah, for sure. It's been a stressful day for him. So Stefan is just kind of explaining what happened and, and Damon kind of interrupts him and he's like, Stefan, the guilt that you feel for turning me is like not legitimate. Like that is my feelings. Like you don't get to feel guilty for turning me. That was my decision. And he kind of goes on to say like, I hated you and I still do. And, but it's not because you turned me. So we're kind of like, oh, what's going on? Like, why does Damon actually hate Stefan? And then he because you stole my granola bars. Yes. And by granola bars, we mean Catherine. (laughs) Yes, because Catherine was only supposed to turn Damon, according to Damon. Mm-hmm. It was just supposed, supposed to turn, turn both of them, and Damon hates Stefan for that. And it's like, really? Catherine again? Like, get over it. Has it not been long enough? I wonder if vampires have a thing where because they live for eternity, like, the normal amount of time it takes to process, like, bad things just gets dragged out. I mean, they are trapped in adolescent bodies, (laughs) so maybe they are trapped with adolescent hormones at all times. Oh, probably. But, yeah, so that's, like, the state of things, but as Elena, like, shouted at him earlier, he's he's always pretending that he hates Stefan and he doesn't care if he lives or dies, and Elena kind of calls him on his bullshit and is like, stop pretending that you don't care because if you didn't care, like, you wouldn't be here helping me with him, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. So there's, like, obviously a bond between Stefan and Damon, and it's not all about hate, but they have to, like, pretend that they hate each other for appearances or something. Yeah, it's very complicated. Yeah. And then we go back to Pearl's dead body, and we see that Harper bit it as well. And, like, Harper barely even got, like... A farewell scene. And I liked Harper. I wish I we could have known him more. He was so nice. And he the, was cute. He was. He was very cute and he was so nice. And he like defended Pearl against Frederick and the bunch of ragamuffins that he was dealing <laughs> with. So and we see Uncle John Gilbert like putting his steak crossbow back in his trunk. Because of fucking course it was him. Because uh, Pearl told him that she gave the thing to Damon, so he doesn't need it her anymore. So he just kills her and calls Sheriff Forbes and is like, I have an update on the vampires. So he's basically pulling a Damon with Lexi here. Like, oh, yeah. he's gonna offer up like, oh, here are some vampires I killed. Like, go me. And yeah. now he can pretend that like all his other schemes about vampires that he knows about can like be ignored because he took care of it does sheriff forbes ever have a day off i doubt it i know it's hard being the only law enforcement in town (laughs) so i guess we'll see the fallout of that next episode i imagine that we'll see some sort of meeting from the founders council because this is proof that there's vampires in their midst yeah but for now, Anna comes home. Oh, And she no. sees her mom's body, and she freaks out. Because she spent, like, 150 years waiting to be able to get her mom back. And she had her for, like, two weeks. And the last conversation they had was an argument. 
and her mom is dead now, and it's really sad. That was really, really sad. She's, like, weeping and clutching her hand. It's kind of like when Bonnie found Grams. Oh, I know. R.I.P. So many people die in this show. They really do, and not all of them immediately come back to life. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, we get the Uncle Johns who immediately pop back to life. Thanks, Obama. (laughs) So then we just have one final little teaser at the end of the episode. Oh, good lord. So Rick, a.k.a. Alaric, is at presumably the Mystic Grill. Drinking alone again. Drinking alone. He's got his ice. He's got his nice bourbon or scotch or whatever. And you hear a female voice say, I think she says Rick. Yeah. She's like, Rick? Or, hey, Rick. And then I just start, like, cackling. I'm like, oh, my God, who is it? Who is it? And it's fucking Isabel. They show her face. Yep. Uh, so she just, like, pops out of up out of nowhere. I, do you think that that was triggered by them visiting Henry and killing him? I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. I just feel like somehow she heard from afar and she, like, popped up and was like, I heard you were thinking about quitting. Too bad, so sad. So Alaric, he thought he was out of the game, but now he has one last job. And then we go to black. Yep. The end. Holy shit. This episode was, again, it was just bananas. It had so many, like, extreme flashbacks to 1864. I loved it. Yeah, the flashback episodes continue to be my favorite, mostly because of the outfits, but also Mm -hmm. their mannerisms are so different. Yeah. Not just because every once in a while they have to say something super proper. Yeah. Like when Stefan brought Damon, the girl, to like feed on, he was like, I have, he's like, I have a gift to share with you or something <laughs> like overly proper. Yeah. So Claire, who do you want to punch? I mean, Uncle John Gilbert. Yeah. I want to punch him like a thousand times over. I want to punch the entire male Gilbert bloodline. Oh, yes, same. I want to knock them over like dominoes. Yes. Like, line them up and shoot a bullet that goes straight through all their hearts. Whoa, that's real. I could picture it. Yeah. But Uncle John really goes above and beyond this episode, like, purposely taking Pearl out and preying on her former feelings for his ancestor and, like, <laughs> lying to her to make her feel like, oh, he really did love me, and then laughing in her face and then fucking killing her. What the fuck? Yeah, that was so much. That and was... shaming Elena about dating a vampire and trying to bring her dead mom into the equation. Like, fuck you. Yeah, this You have no moral high ground here. Uh, yeah. I want to do more than punch him. I want to eviscerate him. Yeah. Good. I support you. Who do you want to punch? I also want to punch Uncle John, but I have a backup just in case. <laughs> and my other backup is Stefan. Ooh. So, I can't explain my feelings for Damon, but I grow (laughs) to sympathize with him more and more every episode. And I, like, wonder if Stefan didn't peer pressure Damon into drinking that girl's blood if he would be dead and he would be, like, free of this misery and all of that bad shit wouldn't happen. So when Stefan was, like, shame spiraling and, like, all the hurt I've caused, all the death, like, it's because of me, it's because I turned Damon... And I know that Damon says that his guilt for his actions isn't Stefan's to blame, but I just feel like Stefan's kind of true colors were 
revealed here, and I just can't get over him feeding on his dad. Even though his dad killed him, I just, I can't get over it. See, that's not the thing that would make me want to punch him in this episode. It's like that he's fundamentally just an extremely selfish person. Yeah. Because his decision to die, he pretends it's like, oh, I have to prevent myself from maybe hurting somebody in the future. But when it comes down to it, he's like, it's because it hurts too much. I don't want to have to deal with the guilt. So I'm going to just kill myself and let my brother and my girlfriend deal with, like, the misery and guilt of my death while I get to be blissfully, like, in the ether. Oh, this is true. Suicide is bad, kids. Don't do it. Because it would make you an asshole. So true. Yeah, Stefan was, like, very mopey in this and, like, demanded a lot of emotional attention from uh, Damon and Elena for sure mm-hmm. and it t- and I think that it did come from a selfish place because like you said it's like oh, okay so you like forced not forced Elena but like you made Elena fall in love with you you were very persistent throughout all of these things and you were lying to her and like promising her a future and things like that and now you decide that you're done and you want to kill yourself now that she's like fully invested in it right yeah so on a similar topic why are men Uh, why are men why aren't men there's a lot in this episode so going back to that scene with uncle john where he like teases pearl like that was so wrong on so many levels it was just cruel it was cruel and i feel like to kind of take advantage of somebody's emotions like that is like particularly horrible and it was sad to see that it had such an effect on Pearl after so long. Um, but I think that when you, like, I don't know, I just, I feel like that's kind of, like, a man thing to do to somebody. It's like, oh, you silly woman, you have, you have emotions, you have feelings, how weak. And he, like, says, oh, you vampires. Yeah. Like, you just may as well have been saying you women. It's true. So true. Like, how could you think a Gilbert man could think you were the love of his life? You're a filthy vampire whore. Like, whatever. And then he, like, shames Elena in what I thought was, like, a very, like, allegorical, like, shaming a teen girl for having sex kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you're dating a vampire equals you're fucking somebody. Yeah. Like, what would your dead mom think if she knew this? Ugh, it's so horrible. It's like, you don't need to invoke that. Like, it's like maybe her dead mom would want to, like, know what was going on in her daughter's life. Yeah. And maybe she would want her to be somewhat happy in a relationship, even if it wasn't the most healthy thing in the world. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of reasons her mom would be horrified by her relationship, but it's not necessarily that Stefan's a vampire. True. Yeah. It's fucked up. Men are fucked up. Make them stop. Hashtag. Hashtag make them stop. Another thing that really bothered me was the fact that um, Giuseppe, a.k.a. Stefan and Damon's dad, killed them out of pride. Ugh. That was so messed up, like how he just shot both of his sons. And again, they didn't even do anything. All that Stefan did was tell his dad that maybe they should consider the vampire's feelings and not judge them all in one moment, and that maybe some of them are different. And he also knew that Stefan had been compelled by Catherine, so like... 
Even if Stefan did love Catherine, he wasn't in his right mind about it. Yeah, exactly. But the fact that he dared, like, try to rescue Catherine while still under her spell was a death sentence. Yes, and it goes back to the fact that his pride was insulted and he just couldn't deal with, like, his lineage being recognized like that. And that's why he was trying to have Jonathan rewrite the story of what was happening at the church yeah and why he would like look his own son like in the face and was just like you're different i don't care about you fuck that guy i'm glad he's dead me too so So who should have done it not Um, jeremy and anna but they did no we saw too much of that (laughs) they should never do it i wish what's the opposite had walked in on them No. Who should have undone it? Definitely Jeremy and Anna. I mean, I think my answer is pretty predictable. Uh, Damon and Alaric. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like, they are forming an unlikely friendship and bond. They have real chemistry. They do. And, you know, they have a lot in common. They're, like, bound through their shared grief over pure swimming. They both slept with Elizabeth. Yeah. And, you know, Damon was trying to low-key invite Alaric to stop in at a 24-hour motel. <laughs> yes, that's right. He was trying to set it down. Yeah. he's. You know, that's a really good way to... It's like complete plausible deniability... But if, if he's, like, tuned to that wavelength, he would get it and be like, oh, so what about those pay-by-the-hour motels, like, afterwards? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's what Damon was thinking. What about you, Beth? That was going to be one of my items. Like, I'm thinking of the other pairs that spend a lot of time together in this episode. And it was Elena and Damon, and I'm not ready to go there yet. And Elena and Stefan, Stefan's too damaged right now for me to want him to have any sexual pleasure whatsoever. Yeah. Um, definitely not Anna and Jeremy. <laughs> and definitely not anyone in Uncle John. Ooh. And I think that was like everybody from the episode. Uncle, Uncle John, John and his own steak. Uh, Pearl and anybody else. Pearl, yeah, Pearl and the most attractive Pearl men and in the Harper. world. Oh, that would have been sweet. A last moment of bliss before their impending death. (laughs) I guess they had a heartwarming moment together, but Pearl should have gotten some. Yeah, she should have. She left us too soon, and there was too much talk of Jonathan Gilbert. I mean, Pearl was off screen for a lot of the time that she was in the show, so maybe she was just out fucking every time. She could have been. Maybe that's what her little vampire den was about. I hope so. As long as it wasn't Frederick. Oh yeah, that guy sucked. Well, another very exciting week, and as we discovered, uh, there's only two episodes left this season, and that's crazy. Ah, uh, two We're episodes. Almost to the end of our first whole season, and it's making me feel a little emotional. I feel like we have to do something big for the season finale. I still think we should figure out how to rig these microphones to have a panel. <laughs> I mean, I have a whole set of dining chairs. You do? Yeah. But we're very excited. There's a lot to come. I'm thinking about some of the things that are going to happen over the next two weeks, and I just can't wait to see what Beth thinks. What do you think is going to happen? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. I feel like 
something is I going back to my hot take from like five episodes ago <laughs> where I feel like Damon purposefully like positioned the accident so that he could save Elena. Mm-hmm. Like I feel or no, Stefan. Jesus yeah. Christ. I did it then too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that that's going to come up. I just that's what stuck with me just the way that whole scene went down before mm-hmm. and the way that Stefan didn't really say anything about the family night thing that Elena was sharing now. Yeah. Um, I feel like maybe that'll come up. Um, I think that the season finale, we're going to see Catherine. Because now that Isabel's back, like, Mm -hmm. we presume that she knows where Catherine is. So I think that we might see something there. I hope that Catherine somehow has, like, lost her vampire powers and she's, like, 80. And that it's (laughs) Elena in, like, really bad, like, age makeup. makeup. (laughs) I don't know why I think that, but I really want that to happen. Um, And I hope that we see our whole gang, Matt, Caroline, Bonnie, hopefully not Tyler, and hopefully we don't see Jeremy for the rest of the season. (laughs) Yeah, he and Anna can just be off fucking, we'll sacrifice her in in the name of getting Jeremy out of here. Yeah, I still don't get that whole thing. But next week's episode is called Isabel, so we're going to learn a little bit more about Elena's second mom. Oh yeah, there's a the recap of the next episode from Netflix is hilarious. I'm going to post it on our Instagram, but I'm also going to give you a spoiler alert because it says Isabel returns to town and stuns Alaric with her attitude. <laughs> it's like she's a diva now. Yeah, stunned. Oh my god, it's so good. Stun. So very excited for that. We want to know about more about this Isabel bitch and why she's such a bitch. Yeah. Oh, she's probably gonna meet Elena, and Elena's gonna be like, "Are you my mother?" Like the <laughs> Doctor Seuss book. <laughs> and she'll be like, "No, you should ask that donkey over there." <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. So until next week, uh, if you have a mother or a second mother or a third mother, tell them you love them and hope that they're not a murderous vampire. Exactly. You should also tell them to give us a mystic follow. Um, You can find us online in many places. Um, We have an Instagram account where I'll post the recap for next week's episode at the VD Diaries podcast with underscores between all the words. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find us on Facebook where the Vampire Diaries Diaries at the VD Diaries, which I think is our Tumblr as well. Yeah, the VD Diaries pretty much everywhere else. Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit. And, of course, you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes and give us a follow, a subscribe, whatever they call it, on these various platforms. Uh, Rate us, review us, tweet at us if you have any questions. I like to run some Twitter polls, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, Yeah. Just get at us. Yeah, get in contact. We we have to know you. And on that note, have a wonderful week, everybody. Bye, all. Mozzarella.